John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey there, welcome to the podcast. It's you up with Nikki Glazer, the podcast version. As always, you know where to find the actual show in which we sample clips on this podcast version. You can find it every day on Sirius XM Channel 95, Comedy Central Radio, um, 10 to 12 Eastern, Monday through Thursday. Dude, two hours of radio, live radio, I'm doing every day. Why are you missing out on it? Get a Sirius subscription. It's cheaper than you think. You can listen to me as you get ready for work put it on that's what i do with howard stern i just freaking love sirius and um they're not obviously they're not paying me to say this i just want you to hear the whole show and um and then you can listen to episodes on demand on the app which is like you used to not really work that well and they just redid the app and it's freaking great now so that's my little pitch to you let's get on with the podcast i'm joined by andrew collin here in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, Andrew's boyhood home. Is this your boyhood home? I don't really understand. Where We're here at the Improv. I mean, yeah. not, we're at a Starbucks, as we always are for these podcast recordings. But um, it's Friday. It's the afternoon. Andrew's back home. Back home, back in Florida, back to my beginnings, back where it all started in a little shed. I remember I first wrote my first joke uh, with, a, with a knife in a wall. And I knew if I could just put together enough money to get yeah. to New York, I can make it happen. No, I grew up in a mansion on the water, and my dad was a doctor. And uh, doing comedy, I just do it for fun because I'm so rich, and I have such a big trust fund. You know that. Mm. That's why you were picking up dog shit in New York City for nine years? <laughs> Eight years and four days and three hours. But, yeah, I mean, look, we all have our different quirks. Quirks? Quirks. Quirks. Quirks, quirks. Wait, you, you, do you do it? Do you have a trust fund? Uh, no, not with me, not on me yet. <laughs> no one's dead yet. No one has no. a trust fund on them. It happens when people die. Yeah, no one's dead yet. Tick tock. Tick tock, rock a dock, baba. <laughs> Count the days. I have a clock, like, um, it's a countdown. Yeah, it's like the same clock for like the running debt, you know, in New York when they do the debt, like, or when they like when a young girl is gonna turn eighteen and pervs online make a countdown. Yeah. Or me and my friends make a countdown for some hot young boy toy. I would never do that. Um, Andrew, you came back to your home club. This is the first club that you ever. We were at the West Palm Beach Improv. This is the first club that you ever did stand up at. And he had a big homecoming last night. Everyone was. It really came out in full force. You had a lot of people there, but they were like your stepmom's friends. And my mom's friends, yeah. No one, none of my friends. No, they're coming either tonight or tomorrow. My mom came, which you met her, yeah. and my stepmom, which you met. They were both in the same room, and they used to fight for years, and now they get along because I think my mom's sick, and, you know, I think it's easier to be nice to someone when they're going on the outs, you know? Yeah. And, uh... And I, I, I had a great time, though. What, what would you compare that to? I, I, I feel you touching on a bit that you maybe were working on. Let's, let's get this bit out. You were, you were just almost there, and then you didn't go through with it. Because I could feel you knowing it was a bit. I didn't no, want No, I did this with my hand. I, like, do the bit. Do the, like, I did an encouraging. I, I thought it was very passive-aggressive. Like, don't do your little bit, you little bitch. No, it's like going, going to the bit. Well, now the bit is. Okay, what you're saying is that as a child of divorce, your step your stepmom and your, your dad and your mom never got along. And now they're kind of getting along. And why is that? Because my mom's sick. 
and my dad is like looking at it like, oh, just a couple more years of alimony. It's like when you take a road trip, a long, horrible road trip, the last 30 miles is a breeze. You know what I mean? It's a great joke. Thank you. But I'm a little hung up on the alimony thing. Do you have to pay alimony in, until the person dies? Yeah, my dad's still paying alimony. And but I thought it was until you guys are 18. No, that's child support. Oh, alimony is like you're accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Yeah, and then also apparently my mom gets uh, half the Social Security too. She's wow. It. Yeah, it's been 30 years. Oh, I my know. God. Yeah. Okay. A lot to unpack there. If you want to hear more about Andrew and his divorced uh, family you can listen to his podcast. He has a podcast he's been doing for years now called Happy Ever, Happy Never After. Sorry, it's a terrible name. Happy Never After. But it's a, a podcast that pe- a lot of people love. So if you love him on this, go listen to Happy Never After. There's tons of episodes. Any one, any one episode you'd steer people towards? Um, I really- exactly. Okay, so just check out any one of them. <laughs> We're going to get to the first clip on this week's show. It is from Monday's episode... Um, in which we had Jim Florentine and Anya Marina in studio. Jim Florentine was one of the first guys to ever bring me out on the road, uh, as I do with Andrew, and give me, you know, give me a break uh, and give me an opportunity. And we got into that, and um, yeah, it was. And then I talk about uh, how I got the most injured I've ever been while I was with Jim Florentine on the road. Uh, here we go. You were so cool, and you were so nice when I met you, Jim yeah. Florentine. Anya Marina's here too. But Jim Florentine, like... He's a mensch. He, well, he is so funny and has been so funny for so long. But, like, he came to the Funny Bone and headlined, and I met him there when it was in St. Louis and just started working that room. And he was so nice to me. I did, like, a guest set on your show or something, and you liked one of my jokes, and so you offered me guest sets on your shows in Columbia, Missouri. Um, which I drove over to do, which was so generous of you. And you never were like a creep. There was no ulterior motive. There was just, it was like he thought I was funny. He gave me stage time. It was really appreciated. It's taught me how to handle when I see funny people now. I, I always give guest spots because I was like, I benefited so much from those. From yeah, because, you. you know, I think um, there was a time where th- I think the reputation on you when you first started is you were dirty yeah. and you would alienate the audience because your jokes are super edgy and I loved yeah. it. When I saw you, I'm like, this is, I love it. That's right. This is great. Yeah. The ball's on her. Thanks, man. From day one, I'm like, oh, you do, do guest sets on my my show the whole time you and come to this so club. You were so nice. You, you, that is totally how you made me feel. It was like, what you're doing is not wrong. I know you don't get laughs. I know people groan, but like- Come do sh- like it was so validating to me at a time when I really needed it, and um and yeah you were just you were the nicest and I always was like I am gonna I remember that at the time I was like my first CD I'm gonna thank Jim Florentine in the liner Aww. notes he's the first person I'm gonna thank because he was the first comic to actually believe in me and I wow. never had a CD to write liner notes but I always was like don't ever forget to write Jim Florentine a special thanks because it meant a lot to me. And um, and we got wasted together in Columbia and I broke my foot one night what? when we were jumping over. <laughs> I remember We were that. breaking into a pool. You broke your foot? I broke my heel bone, the hardest ah. bone in your body to break, apparently. It's like the thickest bone. And I broke it jumping over a fence to break into a pool that we didn't even go swimming in. We just went and like, it was me, you, Greg Warren, and my sister. Yes. And we jumped over this fence to break into this pool and I was wearing flip-flops and my flip-flop went to the side and I just (gasps) crashed down. I was drunk. I didn't realize it until the next morning. I woke up in the most worst pain of my life. Oh my God. Broke my heel. Um, Sounds like Jim was a great influence. I know, right? 
He was. <laughs> Trying to sneak in the pools. and He was just fun. And I remember you weren't like a wasted piece of shit. Like you didn't turn into a different person when you got drunk like so many comics do. Like you were just like fun and cool and almost brotherly. Like it was like, it was a good vibe. Yeah, you just have a few drinks after the show. But no, I'm, I'm comic friendly. I Anyone that gets up there, I'm like, I, I support. And I'll help him out You're any not way a I can. Predator, which is good. No, no. Ne- never. You're I never. Avuncular. Hot, but avuncular. What's avuncular? Uncle like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot, but avuncular. You're, You're right. Avuncular hot. All right, I'll take that. That's so true. You, I've never felt like. Jim's gonna whip his dick out when I don't want it. Like, I, I like he, oh, he's a trusted friend, and now he's doing this weird thing. That's never gonna happen with Jim Florentine, at least to my knowledge. What? I remember listening to you. You whipping your dick? No, no, I never. You're never gonna be a creep. Like, you don't give creep vibes, and I appreciate that because a lot of a lot of comics do. No, I've never been that way because I've always been like, if a girl's not into me, I'm not gonna try to force it. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, I'm just all right. That's fine. Yeah, I get it. I understand. I'll never forget. I was at the uh, Deja Vu in Columbia, Missouri. was the comedy club. And I was doing a five, three-minute guest spot. Like, just nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember just, like, being there with my notes and going and looking at them and, and kind of mouthing them to myself. And I was like, I'm so nervous. And Jim just goes, how do you think I feel? I got to get, I got to do 45. And I just remember being like, whoa, he's doing 45. Like, I will never get there. Ever, Aww. ever, ever. But you were so right. Like, whenever I see guest sets now freaking out, I'm like, what are you freaking out about, bitch? Yeah, and it's they were real, like, young college Ugh, crowd. Right. It was Terrible. all college yeah. kids, and they went downstairs and drank draft beers out of cups. And danced on and danced. bars. So, so I mean, it was a, a nightclub downstairs. It was hor- always horrible. They're just I'm waiting like, to go dance. Yeah. yeah, they just come to the comedy show. All right, we'll go to the show. But, yeah, they were terrible. So I'm like, yeah, I, I got to do 45 in front of these fuckers. Oh, I, I would hate to work that club as a headliner, thinking back on it. I oh, was, was always brutal. just featuring or doing guest spots but yeah that was a wild club yeah and then- you would go downstairs and you would be a celebrity because the whole it was all college students in columbia missouri the whole crowd would empty out and go downstairs to this dance club and then you would go down having just done a guest set or or just a middled and you would be a celebrity it was awesome oh god. yeah they would all be all over you they're like oh my god the comedian's here oh let's Jim. buy him drinks oh right. i mean it guys Guy comics cleaned up after those shows because not a lot of clubs have a place where the whole audience just goes to that place. And then you're now among them as one of them and they can come up to you and flirt and stuff. Like, that was a special situation. Uh, Our buddy Chad got punched out in that club after the show. Chad? Zumach. He did? Yeah, because he was hitting on this girl that wasn't at the show, this college girl. <laughs> and, you know, some college guy's like, who the fuck is this dude? This older guy, you know, he's probably 30 yes. at the time or something. Yeah. What's this fucking old guy doing in here? It was old a college guy, bar. Yep. And he, Chad was hitting on her, thinking she was at the show, and the guy knocked him out. Oh, my God. Gave him a black eye. That was when I first met Chad. I go, I like this guy. He's got a black eye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and we're back at you up with Nikki Glazer, the podcast. That was Monday's episode. Um we are in West Palm Beach. Andrew and I um, are at the West Palm Beach Improv tonight. Two shows tomorrow, Saturday. Two shows. This club is awesome. Um, last night we had an opening act that I had to, I had to ask to. Well, he finished the show last night, but then he, he's not coming back tonight or tomorrow. Lovely man, really nice guy. Nice guy. Just uh, he uh, said a couple things on the stage. That maybe he'll never do again because he knows they told him why. Good. They they uh, yeah. He had his act was fine. There wasn't he was getting laughs. He was doing well, and that's why I had to let him go. I was like, I, I only want really bad people in front of me. No, he was it was he was good. 
he just uh, he said a couple words during his set that I wasn't, I, you know. If it was about dissecting the use of the word and talking about like, hey, it's just a word, guys. Let's let's talk about the word. It would have been fine, but he was just using them as as we used to use that word. Not we, but like people used to use like. He's these are jokes that like he re- wrote recently. I'm thinking that use the f word. No. You know the one. Yes. Not was, the one one. Work. It was crowd work that was worked into yeah. his uh. act because he did a callback in which he said it again. Uh, yeah. Well, good guy though. <laughs> he was a really nice guy. That was the hard part about it was that like he was nice and he was nothing but sweet off stage and then he goes on stage and he's you just can't you can't do it anymore i um i reached out to gary goleman who you're gonna hear later on this episode to ask him what i should do about it as the show was going on i texted him to be like are you allowed to fire an mc for not liking the words he uses and i told him what words he used and he goes no of course you can this is 2019 you don't say that word on stage anymore and I don't know. I've been looking to Gary Goldman a lot recently for, like, advice on stand-up and, like, decision-making. And um, he got back to me after I had already set the wheels in motion to find a new MC. But um, hopefully you're right. firing him before he got on stage. Yeah. I mean, you can't say the F word and call people in the crowd the F word because two men happen to be at a table together. Yeah. like and he's without making it without women. yeah it's without women um he'll learn he'll learn from it I yeah think. i i hope so i'm i'm i should probably write to him but i'm not going to um he got the message right he wrote to you yeah he wrote to me and he called me an f word and said don't ever <laughs> come back here again and i was like you know what i like it more in in text no he if you're listening or if you know someone who knows someone who knows this guy i really felt bad firing him um, from it, but I just, it's, it's just not the vibe that I want for the crowd. And Gary even said to me, he's like, why do you even have MCs anymore? Just have a two person show. So I might switch to that format pretty soon, even though we have been so lucky with the MCs yeah. and we were lucky with this guy too. I was like, Oh, before the show, when we met him, I was like, he's so nice. Andrew knows him from back in the day. This will be such a fun hang all weekend. And then he goes on stage and he's yeah, I don't know. I, I love when we have a host. I think it adds a new dynamic. We meet someone new. It's always fun for us. We've met so many great yeah. comedians. Maddie um, Weiner out of yeah. Chicago is amazing. Emil from, um, I don't know his last name, but uh, um, Bloomington. Yeah. He wasn't even our host that weekend, but we love him. Yeah. Um, Radu Bondar, love him. Um, Mark Smalls out of San Francisco. I mean, we have met the best people yeah. from having a host every weekend. So a part of me wants to keep getting random hosts, but then last night we got burned pretty bad. Anyway, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. I'll probably regret it. Don't try to figure out who it was. Don't tweet anyone. Just know it happened and know that if you're a young comedian, I wouldn't say that word on stage. You know? Uh, just why? 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 No one likes that word anymore. It makes people... It's. It makes people feel bad about who they are. And I know you're just joking, and I know you probably love gay people, and your brother's gay, and so you have justify using it, but let's just drop that word from our language. You drop other words, hopefully. You know the one I'm talking about. Why can't you drop this one, too? All right, guys, let's move on to Tuesday's show. Andrew's so uncomfortable. Um, Tuesday's show. You're not? Maybe. Who knows? No, I'm not comfortable. I mean, I am comfortable. 
I'm uncomfortable. I, what are we talking about? Tuesday's show. Tuesday's show, we had Shane Torres, Robbie Slovic, and Ian Fidance. This was such a fun show. This is what I request, or I would uh, tell you to go back and listen to on the app. Um, we're just, uh, it's me talking about being frustrated about uh, relationships and how I like it when a guy um, shows his emotions. When he emotes, I'm attracted to that. And uh, we talk about that. So, guys, if you're worried about a girl seeing you cry, don't be. All of me and all my girlfriends agree that when a guy cries, it's like one of the hottest things we can imagine. Um, you know, if he's, if, not if it's all the time, but like if you're dating like a really strong dude that like never cries and then he eventually breaks down in front of you, That's huh, a different kind of cry. nothing hotter. Your face is getting wet, but something else is getting wet on me. Classic joke. Okay, Tuesday show, Robbie Slovic. Shane Torres, Ian Fidance, here we go. What's tough is that you fall into rhythms and patterns, especially with, like, sex stuff. You're like, this is what we, over yes. a year, kind of figured out is, is what we do and what works. Then you find, like, well, this is the rhythm. and So you have to be, like, vulnerable and open and, and talk and be like, I would actually like something different. Or they have to be comfortable to have those conversations. And, and that's something that I really struggle with. I'm bad about vulnerability. I'm bad about talking about how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's putting in the work, like fighting my own nature of being like, I fighting will silently bear this and be like, no, I'm going to try to talk to you about yes. this stuff. Yes, yes. And that's what makes it work. But it's also hard work. Does she see that? Like you doing those things and like that's that's got to be attractive to see somebody doing that, like Mm -hmm. fighting their wiring. I think like, oh, it's so hot. I got to say it (laughs) is so hot when a guy is like steps out of his comfort zone to be more emotionally vulnerable. I was talking to my friend the other day and we were talking about men crying. It's the hottest thing when a man (laughs) finally like emotes and cries and gets vulnerable. I literally got one of the hot times I got the horniest in the most inappropriate time was when like my ex-boyfriend was sobbing about it was the first time I ever saw him cry and I was like I felt really inappropriate with how turned on I was I just love it it matters what they're crying about no no it's Uh, just like that that defenseless that that just breaking down their defenses and finally being like it means that they're willing to like look at themselves and maybe change I think that's what it represents to me my, I mean, that's an interesting juxtaposition because you, you, what you're looking for is a crying alpha, which is pretty tough to find. Oh God, yeah. that is it. You just, you need guys who it, just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, oh my that's God, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> I swear to God, I had a joke about what I loved when the cover Cubs, your bed the Cubs won the World Series, and all these men were crying. It was like a busy night for me. I was like, that was so hot to me. I, I loved uh, it. There's like, yeah. There's some relief in that that's probably, like... I love when a guy cries. I, I fucking like love it. I feel like I'm a sensitive alpha. Yeah. You're an alpha? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I'm not even <laughs> saying that to front. Do you think, like, are you that... I, well, don't, know. Bed, I don't know if you're not. In bed he is. Yeah? In bed I am. I feel like I'm I'm confrontational. Are you? I put my feet down. Yeah, I get, like, I think, like, I, I don't think of you as, like, a, a punk, but... Right. Yeah, I, like... I get what you're saying. Like, yeah. he's nice. Yeah, he's the guy who fights the bully for a nerd. Yes. Yes, yeah, nice. yes but yeah. he's alpha not, move. It is, right? but it's not like you're- <laughs> That right ruined it. I'm an alpha, <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> right, everybody? <laughs> Somebody do a Twitter poll and see if Ian's an alpha. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. That was Tuesday's episode. Uh, Wednesday's is up next. I just want to say we're, um, we're in West Palm Beach. I checked into my hotel. I haven't told you this yet, Andrew, but it relates to like a topic we cover on the show a lot, which is shit. 
Um, I checked into my hotel room yesterday, late, like 4.30, and I needed to go to the bathroom pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, we call it balcony. What'd you say? I, I asked her if she had the balcony because every time I'm at her place and she needs to shit, she goes, Andrew, balcony. Like I'm a dog. Like there's a treat out there for me. And yeah. I go out there and then I just wait it out. Because I, I have a balcony. I have like yeah. a little uh, balcony area. And so I send him out there so he doesn't even have to hear it, smell it, see it. Not that you would see it, but you know. It's a good system, in, unless it's frigidly cold out. Yeah, sometimes in the middle of the night when you wake me up and I'm in my boxers sleeping on the couch, and you're like, "Hey, Andrew, you mind going out in ten degrees and getting frostbite?" Well, I that's never happened because I don't, I don't. No one shits in the middle of the night. Like, come on, I'm not an animal. I've never woken up in the middle of the night and been like, "I gotta go poop." Really? No, never. My whole childhood was that. I had a lot of stomach problems because oh. my parents got in divorce, yeah. so I'd wake up in the middle of the night like seven times and having this shit. And I remember rubbing my legs. Because I was like, God, I got to keep shitting. I got to shit all night. Oh, my God. Well, that just said a lot. I don't. I feel for you, you poor little boy. God. I really wish I would have. I wish I would have been like a babysitter to you and like let you be like. Don't you ever look at yourself as like a little kid and be like, I wish I wish I would have been there for myself as a little kid and been like, it's okay, little girl. I just want to tell you it's okay, little boy. I mean, it's not okay. Things are going to be rough, but, oh, you poor little stressed out boy. Anyway, got into the hotel yesterday, went up to my room. First of all, my room, all the drawers were open. Every cabinet was open. All the drawers were open. The safe was open, wide open. And it looked like a ghost had been in there, right? You know, like ghosts, like open cabinets and stuff. It looked like a poltergeist was like haunting my room. So I called down to the front desk and I go, everything's open. And they go, oh, the inspector just hasn't come in. Because the maid, that's when the maid cleans the room, they open all the things to be like, hey, I've checked every drawer. There's nothing here. And then an inspector comes in and shuts everything. And that's the kind of system they had. The inspector hadn't been in yet. The toilet's running. So I'm on the phone with him. I go, okay, that's fine. I just want to let you know the toilet's running, though. So someone's got to come fix it when I'm at my show. Because it's a loud run. But I was like, it's just running. That doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't work. So after I got off the phone, I went and used it. Oh, I used it good. Yeah, you did. And then it would not flush. And I was like, I don't want to have this sitting here all night. And so I called down. They wouldn't pick up, so I just packed up all my stuff. I left it there. I had been, been in the room for four minutes. I went down to the front desk, different woman than who checked me in, and I go, I just want to tell you that the toilet was running. I called down. They're going to fix it, but I just don't want to. I, I use the toilet, and it won't flush, and so I left something behind, so I just want to let you know there's something there. Don't check anyone else into that room. And there are people in line hearing this. Yeah. There's a guy next to her checking someone in why that hearsay. Why don't you just blame it on the someone that stayed there before you because they already did the examination they would know someone else yeah because that would get someone in trouble that didn't examine it properly that would get the maid in trouble before and that's a lie i don't like to lie i really don't so i just needed her to know and i go i love something and i gave her a look and she was horrified i mean rightly so but um so yeah so they switched me to a different room because i yeah, it wouldn't flush even a little bit. I took the lid off the back to try to fix it myself. What made you think it would flush? That if it was already running, you knew. Because my toilet in my apartment runs, but like it flushes when it runs. I think a running toilet does not mean it. A running toilet and a flushing toilet are not uh, mutually exclusive. Uh, or I thought that they were mutually yeah. exclusive. Well, you found out. I guess the guy that had to examine it found out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, he did. So how okay. Does that feel though, because usually you just you you oh you can't do a shit and you can't throw it into the 
garbage yeah. because it's all no crazy. I just left it behind and I owned it it felt amazing and I think this podcast and like talking about shitting has made me very comfortable with it in ways that I shouldn't be because the woman was horrified watching my and when I go I'm at the front desk and I go I want a new room but I gotta let you know the room I'm leaving behind I haven't touched anything the room's immaculate but I did leave something in the toilet pretty something pretty substantial and she's like I get it bitch so she's now like, I have a I new hotel room I know please open Please tell me it's a dead body. <laughs> no, it's worse. <laughs> it's worse. Um, here's Wednesday's clip. Yeah. Oh, my God. We are just, like, crawling through this. I'm, I apologize to my producer, Noah. She's always like, um, can you guys maybe keep these a little bit short, the in-betweens? Um, she doesn't say that, but I know that she feels it. This is Esther Steinberg, who is in studio on Wednesday. you got to check out her new album, um, Hebrew School Dropout. She is so funny. She's going to be on the show a lot. She's so hot. She's so cute. She's so funny. She's so fun. I freaking love this show because I get to meet so many new comics that I didn't know. Um, big fan of hers. And we get into a topic about happiness and Britney Spears. Here we go. Maybe happiness is there is a way to, well, to be happy and make it funny i mean brody did the positive angle but like, he was miserable that yeah, was all coming from too. a place of complete that's a good point. he killed himself yeah. Andrew. i didn't want to say Jesus, it but, you know happiness well, well brody since brody oh my god so <laughs> in terms of the happiness that brody you went were, through yeah, he had cool outfits the happiness that he Robin used Williams, to take medication you know for. so happy yes. on stage I feel happier these days, and I don't think I think I'm writing just as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that, but and also like I think about my favorite, like Dave Matthews song, where he's just like, "I want to fuck you." All like that's that's the sentiment of it. That's not like a angry thing. That's more of like a I'm happy and fucking a lady kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So maybe, or what? What about that great song? Bruno happy because I'm happy. What about Jason Mraz? We all loved that song. I like what that tongue? you're buying into the fact that you think. He's happy. Who? By singing. Pharrell. Yeah, Pharrell's like, because I'm happy. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, just because the song is happy does not mean He's that the person- He's a guy. He, he said hasn't it. killed himself. He's wearing big hats. <laughs> He's at the-, the- Goofy. He's on The Voice. <laughs> Tell me, you've. I've never checked in on an episode of The Voice where they're not having a great, a grand old time with each other. I watch, I Google as they stand and they're like, I think he- I'm like, how much money per minute is happening? They're- Fifty million dollars or something a season, eight million for the women, and <laughs> oh my god, you're probably right. Have we looked into that? I've like do a lot of googling for how much money they make per episode, so that I understand where the like your voice is is powerful. Um, and I'm like, Ugh, no, you hate them, and they are not good, and they're fourteen. When Britney Spears did American Idol, that like was this like she wasn't in it. And I haven't watched American Idol this season, but I hear Howard Stern talks about it a lot, and I hear it's just like she was the like, judges are brutal. Your face makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> that was like Britney's hot take on the on the American Idol. That's so honest. I like it. I, yeah, yeah, it is like kind it of. Yeah, I'm, I so I did a Britney Spears album cover, kind of. I used her like baby one special? more time for my album cover. Yes. Yeah. And I, I became Jewish Britney, and and now that we talk about her, she's she's a, she's an inspiration. When I was watched Baby one more time, it changed my life. Oh, was that that's when you you got you got? Uh, I started for, uh, like the fix, playing the with fix. my body and right. wanting to 
cut all my shirts off. Oh my god! So that's when you became a sexual being. Was that that song kind of like sure. unleashed you? Absolutely. Wow. I see. I'm a big Britney fan too. She, I don't think she ever unleashed me sexually, but I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Oh. Like I've always, I've felt very empowered by that song. Um, what's the the? Do my- you, she has a song about masturbation. The touch of my hand. Oh, I, oh! I thought it was give me more, give, give me, me more, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> give me more, get me, get me more. Yeah. She's- oh my God. <laughs> Have you watched that? Go back and revisit the MTV movie or uh, music awards where video snake? awards. No, where she did give me more. It was like her comeback performance. Oh, I can't watch it. Oh, it's I made you watch wreck. it recently. It's a train wreck. It's no. It was her big comeback. Oh my god! Master. She looks she like she's on Klonopin. Was on, yeah, yeah, she was on drugs. She couldn't dance at all. She's stumbling around stage. They're just they're guiding her like she's blind. Not to mention the stage. she followed. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. She followed like Chris Brown and whatever oh, you want to say Brown about him, but he killed it. Destroyed that. It night. was one of the most and then she amazing went, performances. And she, yeah, he's like all over. Like it's unbelievable. And then she comes down like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, <laughs> the drooling. If you haven't seen it and you're listening to this, go watch Britney Spears' <sighs> Give Me More VMAs. It's nuts. It's. Uh, do you remember that, Noah? Do you remember seeing that? I remember like having popcorn with my friends. We were so excited. Britney's back. <laughs> she shaved her head, but now she's back and she's, you know, healthy again and she's ready to perform. It had been years and it was one of the, oh, it was so bad. I'm so glad she came out of that. Yeah, because I remember watching that, being like, "We're gonna lose her." Well, she's gone, like mentally, she's. But I think she's happy. But she's she's happy because people with no brain cells tend to be. Have you seen her Instagram? Yeah, she does the modeling and. She oh. like walks around and then does like a spin and then goes to the gym in like Sophie shorts. Yeah, this is her. She has like she does like boomerangs, but like it's not a boomerang. She just keeps twirling. Well, that's how the boomerang started. And she yeah. does like artwork of a sunflower that a fourth oh grader did. Oh my god! Would she with painting. gel pens and? Oh my god! And some, sometimes she'll just sing in a hallway, and it'll be like she'll say like I've always dreamed of singing this, and it'll be like her in her rotunda just singing Amazing Grace, and it's not good. And that was Wednesday's show. This is an extra clip. Um, this was uh, we didn't have a show yesterday. Thursday's show was a replay because I uh, there were no flights going out to West Palm Beach that were later in the day, so I didn't have time to do a radio show and then get on a flight and make it here in time for Thursday night show. You get it. Uh, positive energy, push, believe. Brody Stevens, you get it. Um, Thursday's show. This is. Um, Oh, so this isn't Thursday's show, but this is an extra clip that we haven't played on the podcast before from a past episode, and it's Gary Goleman, who I referenced before, my guru. Gary Goleman, um, a lot of people requested this on our socials, which you can follow us at UUPSXM, at UUPSXM on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Ian and Andrew are also in studio this day, Ian Fidance, Andrew Collin, and we're talking about depression with Gary Goleman, who is currently on tour on a, uh, a tour called... Uh, the Great Depression tour. So funny. That name is so good. And he's going to be doing an HBO special uh, in June that he's shooting in New York. So go to that if you can. But here is Gary Goldman talking about depression with me, Andrew, and Ian. 
you went through. <laughs> you know, I'm just. Well, I, know, I, I reached course, out to you recently. We should fight about it. because I was having a really hard. I was just like on a run, and I was depressed, and I was like, I need to be around people who get it. I want to talk yes. about my depression right. in in, yes. in a ways that yes. people can understand. Yes. Like, use big words. So I didn't yes. call Andrew, and I called you. I was like, shorthand. I, you wanted. I wanted to talk about it with people who get who get it, and yeah. I know that you get it. You've oh been gosh. through a really. Yeah. Ba- you went through a really bad time where. Oh yeah, I was uh, in I the mean, hospital, and people I had... were really worried about you. Oh really? <laughs> um, I don't know if you knew that. But no, I, I mean, didn't know that. No. It was it was among your friends, yeah. like people who cared about you. It yeah. word, word didn't spread spread, but it was right, like yeah. Gary's going through a hard time. Yeah. I I remember I did not reach out because I just didn't feel like it was my place, and I knew that there were yeah. people well, in your life time. that were. Uh, <laughs> if I, there was the next time. Of course, be, yeah. I w- of course yeah. I know that yeah. now. Yeah, and, but and who I, knows? And 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 the other thing is when you're in that you. Don't even really want to be reached no, out to. No, you don't. You, it's yeah, something you, you would insulate, ask for. Yeah. So that's why I was wanting to. I w- wanted to isolate, and I was like, and I reached out to you and Ryan Hamilton. So um, healthy. And I was like, I just want to be. I want to like. Can we have a meal? Because I just want to laugh a lot. Yes. Because I know when I laugh a lot, oh I feel gosh. better on the other yes. side of it. Yes. Even though it's, it's the last do thing. You ever I think do. that to yourself? I was thinking this on stage the other night. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I stuck around for this. Yes. Yeah. Stuck around for that set, that particular set, or that, that I didn't kill moment. myself five years ago. Yes, you know, mm. I was just that was, watching that it was worth it. Yeah, I was watching a, a piece yesterday from um, CBS Sunday Morning, and a girl killed herself. That oh. uh, this senior in high school who had everything, and she killed herself. And in her suicide note, she left her journal like on the bridge after she jumped, oh. and her dad found her. Oh, it was awful, word. but he was reading through this, and they had no idea. She didn't tell anyone. She was like so the common. nicest, yep. sweetest, most excited about life. They had all this yeah. v- video, and then journals and journals and journals of like, I'm the worst. I hate yeah. myself. I'm worthless. Just and then she had written reasons to not kill yourself, and she goes that I might in a couple years feel better, and oh, yes. I'll realize that this was all really. Yes. And it's like that was it. It was like yes. Wow. Can we go back to that? Yes. Because you will. Yeah. You'll look back and be like, I'm yeah. so glad I didn't fucking yeah. do it. And, and yeah, I mean, were you? How bad were you? I had I had a plan. I had a, a couple no. of uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I had all the the symptoms. I didn't feel safe around me. Yeah, and yeah. The, but the other thing I was thinking was that your depression tells you at that time. Well, even if you do get better, look how old you are already. Yeah. There'll be. Yeah. So why bother? Yeah. How did you? Get on the other side of that. Uh, a hospital stay. Mm-hmm. Did you commit yourself? Yeah, yeah. With good. my with my psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, and my, and and Chade, who would who would visit me every day. Yeah, and then yeah. How long were you there? Three weeks. Three weeks, and there were there were actually two stays, but the one that I think was most significant and that I talk about in the for for time purposes and the special is the the three week stay so yeah yeah and and man did you not want to go were you ready to go were you oh no i was ready to i was ready to go but i've been so afraid yeah but i was also so afraid of the the psych ward because all we have is is girl interrupted and that one and one flew over the cuckoo's nest and so it's so bleak, but it was it was so ordinary. And I talk about it extensively in the in the special. Good. I don't want to give it away to yeah. you because I want you to like it. And yeah, but I so. also and I do, I talk about this. I I did some very uh, not unconventional, but 
but scary treatments. So yeah, yeah, I'm interested in those because yeah, yeah I suffer with it too. Not scary it, after having gone through it, but before I did it, I was very, I was very afraid. Um, yeah. Anything in particular that you can talk about, but just we we can keep it vague if you want. Yeah, we'll keep it vague. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um I felt. Uh, last January, I was having like the I've I've been through like really dark times, but like getting close to like plans and stuff like yes. that, and just like can't stop thinking about right. it, that kind of oh thing. Oh my gosh, and, yes! And I just wanted I, I was getting to the point where I was like, I'm gonna go away because I can't yeah. trust myself anymore. And that what, but that was the biggest fear is that you'll never get out. Yep. Um, they're gonna be really mean to you because I've been in one before when I was anorexic and depressed, okay. and, and they put me in one against my will, and it was uh -huh. the nurses laughed at me. No, it was, like, it was not a good experience. Oh, it these nurses were terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be it can be great, yeah. but it can be bad. And I um, yes, uh, was scared, but I, I found a way through it on my own. But I'm always I'm glad to hear that you did that because I I. I it's nice to know now, like, that's an option for yeah. me if I ever yeah. get too scared yes. of my own brain. Yeah. And do you find it's thoughts? I mean, it took me so long to realize that being depressed is so much about your thoughts. Oh, my gosh, it's yes. It's all thoughts. Yes. Like, I don't know why I didn't yes. break it down. Someone but I do, have a, I do have a feeling, and it slows me down physically. I can't walk as fast. I don't think as fast. I mean, it. it there there are symptoms, but you just think, oh, I'm dumb, and I'm... I'm Lazy and but don't you feel like me. the yeah. thoughts create the feeling as opposed to the feeling no. creating the thoughts? You think no, it's really? I, th I, th I really, I really think that there's a there's, a, and and it's so hard to explain. But yeah. I I really say, oh, this is a, this is a feeling, and there are things I can do to to mitigate it. But it does get to a point where where I needed to go to the to the hospital. It was yeah. Sade said all you were doing was crying and sleeping. And of course, I'm so defensive. I was like, I watched Better Call Saul every <laughs> Monday night. Yeah, yeah for, which for nine literally weeks. has a character yeah. that yeah. just sits in the dark yes. and can't get sunlight. Yes, and I told, yeah, I totally identify. Yeah, with, sure. with, the, with with that guy. Yeah, dude, and, that's the. He can't yeah. be around electronics. Yeah, yeah. Are you on the, medication at all? Oh yeah, I took a, I took a number of different medications, mm -hmm. and then I tried ketamine, and that was. That got me out of it for the time I had it in my vein. Right. Yeah. But for some people, more than half the people, it it is it is an antidote to suicidal ideation and it it works. It brings people out of out of depression frequently. Yeah, I think Neil yeah. Brennan yeah. did ketamine. Yeah. But it wasn't covered by insurance, so I had to pay six Ugh. or eight hundred dollars every time for a two hour infusion, but it was like it, the guy had to say after after five, he says it's not working. I can't take your money anymore, and it's like, ugh. Could you read when you were depressed? No, for two and a half years, I didn't read a book, what? and I read I read like sixty books a, a year, and I didn't read a single book for two and a half years. It was killing me. I couldn't concentrate. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Couldn't listen to a book. Couldn't and were read you doing a book. Sets? I forget. Like you weren't really occasionally on the scene anymore. Occasionally, I would do a set, and when I needed. I mean, I I needed to pay rent, so I would have to go out sure. and do these these corporate shows and and Ugh. yeah, get ketamine. Yeah, and they were right. Oh, yeah. when I'm depressed and yeah. doing stand up, it is bad. Yeah, it's... I sleep up until it's time to shower. Mm. And and you're hmm. just yeah. you you can't uh, the the um adrenaline you used to get from doing yes. stand up isn't cannot yes. be tapped into at all. Yeah. And and you yeah. I'm I'm worthless when I'm yeah. depressed. Yeah. In every sense of the word, but I I wanted to ask you about reading because I found 
I was uh, dab like having a little depressive dip recently, and my uh-huh. friend Jake Weissman, who's also a crazy depressed yeah. person, he created I know, corporate. I know him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. He's, okay. He, and yeah. he also does the Instagram account Honest Couple, which is okay. so funny. But he had rec- he goes, "Do you read, Nikki?" And I'm like, "To be honest, like I'm too depressed right now. Like I can't even right. focus yeah. on it. I felt yeah. that way." And also, I got a, a, away from reading. He goes, "I really think it's a great way to." It helps with depression, and I'm always looking for a new way. Yeah. Like I meditate yeah. and, all, and run, and all these things. And I was like, I've never heard of reading as like a, a treatment for depression, but I'll try yeah. it. And so I, I said, tell me whatever book, and I'll fucking start. And I just, and I know this sounds so simple and so stupid, but a lot of my, when I get depressed, I, I get more depressed because I'm staying in bed all day and I'm on my phone and I'm like, yeah. you're so worthless. I yes. can't get out, but then I'm, yes. I'm more upset with myself that I've stayed in, right? But when you're depressed and you want to stay in bed all day, if you read during that, yes. especially fiction, you feel like you're living a life that you would, like instead totally. of going to living a life, I'm yeah. like, I'm actually living a life because I'm live, I'm yes. reading someone else's Absolutely. life. And so it makes me feel I have lived, yes. even though I get to yes. stay in bed all day. Yes. So it, it alleviates that, that guilt you have of the staying in bed all day. Totally. So you get to still nurture that part of yourself that yes. wants to be in bed and might need to be in bed. Yes. And you still get to like experience a life. Yes. And that is what I found reading. I'm like, oh, I have a new appreciation for it because of course we know it takes you to another world and you yeah. learn all these different experiences. <laughs> right. And all these uh... But but Kurt Vonnegut says when you're reading, you're meditating in the author's thoughts. Yes. That's it for the podcast this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're gonna leave you with um, suggestions of something we enjoy that we suggest that you try out for yourselves. Andrew, what is your suggestion of the week to our podcast listeners who waited until the very end to hear it if uh you haven't called your parents in a while give them a call no matter what's going on because they'll be dead soon and i wow i will recommend uh season seven of veep (laughs) veep is my favorite tv show i'm freaking obsessed with it I just rewatched the six seasons to get ready for the seventh, which just uh, came out on Sunday night. And, oh, my God. It's, I like Barry. It's the best show I've ever watched in my life. Oh, Andrew just said he liked Barry, by the way. So get HBO Go, check out Barry and Veep. But I'm not kidding, you guys. Veep is the best show that's ever been. I, I think if I could pick one show to exist and all the others would go away, it would either be Veep or Summer Heights High or Seinfeld. But Curb. Curb, no. No, no, no. Curb wouldn't exist without Seinfeld, so I'm going to go Seinfeld first. What about you? Any show that you would want to exist if all others disappeared? I love, I love Bloodline. I love okay, Bloodline. That's his choice. What a weird choice. Of all shows to exist, I you would want Bloodline? I loved it. I really did love it. I loved that. I love Boardwalk Empire. Oh, my God. Wait, isn't Jesse Smollett on Boardwalk Empire? No, he's on Empire. Oh, he's on Empire. I'm not too far off. No, all right, guys. Check out Jesse Smollett on Boardwalk Empire, Tuesdays at 9 on Stars. All right, we'll see you next week. Squirt, squirt. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.